Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. Today, our guest is Michelle of Turning Left for Less, and I just wanted to give her a big welcome. I think this is probably the first time in her life that she isn't traveling, and it's actually easy for me to get an appointment with Michelle for a podcast. So good afternoon, Michelle. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. The world gets a little bit stranger every day. It does. And it, it seems like we're, it's what happened a week ago seems like months ago now, even though everything's happening really fast. It's, yeah, it's just a very strange place to be in. And as you said, I am actually at home, which I'm rarely at home for more than about four or five days at a time. And I've now been home since the end of February. So, yeah, it's a bit strange. Yeah. And it's weird being in the travel world sometimes. It's hard to concentrate on travel when there's so much going on or travel loyalty. And of course, I've got to keep my eye on my one monitor that basically has me in virtual queue at Ocado to see if I could ever get a, a grocery <laughs> delivery slot again. That's become my new my new entertainment of the day is seeing <laughs> if I could get a grocery delivery slot. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I play the same game and it, it starts you off all depressed because it's this is like a, an hour's wait and then actually it turns out to be 10 minutes so that's like the highlight when you actually get through after only a few minutes oh but it was absolutely cruel this morning i mean now their website is crashing a lot when you get into it but this morning it played an absolutely cruel joke after waiting for an hour it showed a bunch of delivery slots available for tonight and then you got everything in your cart and then it crashed <laughs> <laughs> just to give us something to do. I think the government are behind it to just keep people busy. Yeah, it definitely does keep you busy. So pivoting a little bit to travel, I had two main topics I wanted to discuss with you today. One was, what do you think? Do you think there will be positive changes to travel and travel loyalty once this is over? And I guess that's a very broad question, but maybe it's sort of saying like, what positive, trying to stay positive, which I try to do all the time, what positive things do you think will come out of travel and travel loyalty once we're done with this really intense lockdown period? I think there's actually a number of things that will be more positive afterwards. There will be some negatives. Let's not beat about the bush. I think mainly airlines will seize on the on the opportunity to keep some of the cost cutting that they do over the next few months, as we know that's what they love to do and uh, pass it off as an enhancement. But I think actually it will be a good time for consumers in terms of pricing, flexibility as well when things do start again. I think we've had a good run anyway. Prices for airline um, tickets have been really cheap at the moment anyway. But I think initially prices will stay high. People have been actually surprised that there haven't been more sales. But at the moment, the only people traveling are, are doing it for necessity. So the airlines can pretty much charge what they like. Once we get to the point where borders open and people are starting to travel, I think there will be a reluctance amongst consumers to travel again. So 
I think that they'll actually have to tempt us back with some good offers. And I think they will have to be a lot more flexible on terms and conditions because people otherwise will not travel to start off with. So it will be a good time to actually book travel. The other thing I think about loyalty, I think there will have to be a lot of concessions because let's face it, nobody's going to manage to make status this year unless you'd made it already. The travel bans, I think, are going to be in place for quite a long time talking probably, I think, up to six months potentially before it starts to get anywhere near normal. So I think they'll have to give us a lot of concessions for maintaining status, which could be good. If you weren't actually going to do it anyway, it gives you a bit of a bit of an extra amount of time. I think it will weed out a lot of people that did have status before. So everything should be a lot less crowded, which is always good. Yeah, it's strange. You know, one of the questions and I'll get I'll ask you this question after I tell my little story is like, what are you booking now? And I know some people immediately jump all over that like, oh, my God, how could you be booking any travel right now? But honestly, we do. I have a couple of realistic things that I had put on hold, which I decided to book. One was getting my son in for Boston for my youngest daughter's high school graduation in London in May, which we still hope is going to happen. So I wanted to get him a ticket from Boston to London because I just sort of want that to be in the books. And now that everything is refundable and I don't know you, well, I'm sure you're aware of this. So basically BA has reduced the airfare, the actual base airfare from Boston to London to one pound. And you're just paying taxes for economy class tickets. That's it. Yeah, I hadn't heard that because on turning left for less, we don't often talk about economy, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but but you know, I, I think it's so so basically a. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You see, this is why it's good. I know, Michelle. I know, I know. But just talking in general, yeah. basically, right now, I just booked two airline tickets yesterday from Boston to London for May. And the airfare was one pound round trip with the taxes of 334.40 pounds. So basically, it's 335.40 for a return from Boston to Boston to London return. What's sort of interesting to me is I don't like that's cheap, but it's not like out of the order. I mean, it's not like some of the airfares we've been hearing about, like in the United States, where it's like $40 round trip somewhere. And I'm sort of wondering what's going to happen. I've never thought about this before. So the base airfare is a pound and the taxes are three thirty four forty. How will they deal with it if they want the airfare to be less than 335 pounds? Will they have to start to reduce some of the taxes. I mean, you can't really have a negative base fare, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I've never I've never really thought about that before. My bet is actually that the taxes will be reduced. I believe that the, the governments will have to do something to try and stimulate the travel industry. So I know there's talk of it already. I think they'll be reluctant to do it for more than a short period of time because of environmental concerns. But I actually think it would be a positive for them to reduce the taxes for a set period of time just to get people back flying again. I can't see otherwise how they can reduce it unless they just take a loss, have a negative fare and take a loss or pay the taxes for you. I don't know, but they're going to do do some really cheap fares. I mean, they, they do sometimes, for example, on Black Friday, there's the fares to Australia, which I think are around £200. They're obviously there doing something that means that you get it much cheaper because the taxes would be more than that. So there's obviously ways around it. But yeah, I, th I think we'll see some some tax breaks. Did you want me to talk about what I'm planning to book? Yes, but I'm going to ask you the million dollar question first. 
before we get to that, since we're talking about taxes. And when you talk about award tickets, especially long-haul award tickets with British Airways Avios, do you think they're going to reduce the YQ because of all of this? And all of a sudden, using your Avios for long-haul will become a really good deal. I'm sort of wondering, do you think they're going to do that or not? I hadn't actually, I hadn't thought about that till this. Well, I did think about it once a couple of days ago, but you would think that that would be natural if they do it, or if they lower the taxes in a general sense for revenue tickets, that also lowers the taxes on some of the award tickets too, doesn't it? Yes. So some of it is obviously their own fees that make up the award tickets. I think they're probably not likely to do that unless they have to, because at the moment they obviously want cash. And although Avios is, is or Miles is still bringing them cash, I think that they want hard cash. So to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be stimulating Avios bookings versus getting people to actually pay cash. But I could be wrong. I think that the airlines probably don't really know what they're going to do. They'd certainly need to stimulate bookings once the bans start being lifted. With Avios, they do charge, well, and Virgin are just as bad. Most of the airlines charge in the UK a lot of money for their fees rather than taxes. And it would be a good time to lower them. But if they're really strapped for cash, I'm not sure whether that will happen. I, th- I think the good thing about award flights is there will be a lot more availability. We've already seen that with a lot of routes like, for example, London to Sydney, which normally that would be virtually impossible to get. They actually have opened up availability a lot. So one of the things I'm saying to people is with things like miles bookings where they're easily refundable, generally the worst you're out of pocket with most airlines is around about 35 to £50 pounds maximum with the cancellation fee. Now's a good time to book it. They're changeable, they're refundable, you know, you don't have much to lose and it's a really good time to find availability. So that's what I would advise if, if you're interested. Obviously, there's the concern some airlines, will they actually survive? With the government bailing out most of the airlines, certainly around the world, that seems to be happening, then hopefully they'll all survive. But then, you know, either way, you don't have much to lose by spending your miles and any money, as long as you pay by credit card, at least you'd be guaranteed on the credit card to get the money back in most places. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and possibly to middle it, the taxes, the fees have become so high, you know, what used to be fuel surcharges, which are not. And as far as I know, those additional fees go directly to the airline. So maybe what they'll do is they'll just lower the fees, right? Because now it's become so absurd with some of the fees where you're paying, I don't know, 900 pounds round trip, 800 pounds round trip. So maybe they won't eliminate the fees, but maybe they'll just reduce them substantially because that's still money that the airlines get. You know, I mean, if you can get people to use their Avios and pay 400 in fees instead of 900 in fees, you know, if that'll encourage people, they're still making the money off of those fees, albeit they're making less money off of them. But that also might be positive because it's not like it's not like the airlines aren't making money off of these Avios tickets, mostly because of the fees. Yeah, I agree. They, they, may well give a discount, for example. They might do something like you know, 20% off the actual Avios or sometimes BA do sales on a certain amount off a, a business class ticket on Avios or they might give a discount on the, on the cash proportion. I'd, I'd be very surprised if they lower it permanently and do something that they can't then reverse. But I think sales will be the order of the day because, you know, they're temporary things that they can advertise, get people interested. It makes it sound like a big deal rather than doing things that, that they then can't reverse without looking a bit silly. No, no, that's true. So so I guess then, then the next question is, what are you booking right now? Are you booking anything? How far out are you booking? Are you booking things just 
to keep your imagination going and to keep you occupied or you or or part of it is you're yearning to travel again and it keeps you positive because i know some people are negative when they hear people talking about booking trips but i think actually i mean except for trying to book a trip for next week which i think would be illogical i think it's a very positive thing because it's something to dream about to me one of my favorite things is researching travel and looking at travel, even when I'm not necessarily going to book it because it makes you dream. It makes you wonder. It makes you think about that next trip. So I was sort of wondering, what's your process? What are you doing now? So I I totally agree with you. I like to have things to look forward to. And I think one of the things that people will find most difficult about the current situation is not knowing when it will end, not knowing when they can go out again for a meal. For people like us that love travel, when can we actually next get on a plane? I do think you need something to look forward to. Obviously, I'm being quite cautious because nobody knows how long it's going to end. And although a lot of the airlines are saying you can move your booking for free, what they don't emphasize is the fact that if you've got a really good sale fare, that might not be available again. So you might end up paying extra because it has to. you have to still pay any difference in the price of the flights. But I am still looking to book. I booked a couple of things quite recently. One was an error fare, which I won't go into, which is still sticking currently. And things like that, I will generally book because they're low risk in what you could lose money-wise. And there was been some really good sales out of Paris recently. So I booked for January, which I think that's pretty safe. If we're not traveling by then, then yeah, that's pretty scary. I booked for January to go to Los Angeles. I actually want to go to Palm Springs. I've never been. It's been on my wish list for a long time because I love the whole retro feel of it. That's my kind of thing. And I like a bit of sunshine because here in the UK, it's in January. It's pretty bad. It's cold and miserable. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. I do have a few things already booked. I've got in September, I have a significant birthday. We'll call it 30. Um, and I have one of those too this year, but it's tw- it's actually minus, minus actually 29. Yeah. Uh, I have a big trip booked to go to Tahiti, which has been number one on my bucket list for a long time. So I'm praying that that still happens. I'll be really upset if that doesn't. Fortunately, it's all booked on miles. So at least I know if the worst comes to the worst, I don't need to worry about getting any money back. Miles and points. So that was a good a good use of all my saving up um, for five nights in an overwater bungalow in Morea, which is uh, near Tahiti. I think September is reasonable. I do have trips before then. Not so sure they're going to happen. I've got one at the end of August, which is Air France La Première, which again, I've wanted to do for a while. That I'm not sure about, but fingers crossed, if not, I'll just move it. So I think what I would say to people is there's nothing wrong with booking travel. The airlines, even the small operators, the hotels, whatever, they need some support at the moment. If they don't get your money, for example, if you book a hotel that you know you don't pay to get there, at least they can see forward bookings. It gives them an idea of that people are still supporting them. So nothing wrong with booking travel. You just need to be careful about what the terms and conditions are in case things haven't changed. For example, if the airline is still flying somewhere, but there's a government restriction in place, legally, they don't have to give you your money back because they're still flying. It's your fault as far as they're concerned that you can't travel. So things like that, you need to be aware of. They'll give you a voucher, but they won't necessarily give you money back. So just need to be a little bit careful about what you're booking. As long as you're happy to move it to different dates or take a voucher, then that's fine. And certainly hotels, it's a great time to book hotels. It sounds stupid, but it is because most of them are are giving a waiver for this month anything you can book. It's either refundable or cancellable 
or you can move it. it depends on which company it is but with things like that and really low prices in some places then why not book something if you're thinking about it you've got absolutely nothing to lose the only thing i'd say is just give yourself a reminder somewhere so you remember you've actually booked it because in six months time you might forget and end up with a hotel room that you forgot about but yeah it's a good time to to sit and dream as you said you know if there's somewhere you fancy going have a look at the hotels are there some real good bargains nothing wrong with putting in a hotel now and then seeing if some good flight prices come up nearer the time or if it doesn't you can just cancel and look at something else so yeah we we need stuff to look forward to at the moment definitely yeah and i think i think your suggestion about booking award tickets especially when you have elite status and it's easy to change and rearrange those award tickets is really good advice booking refundable hotels really good advice And also, I've been a little bit keen on schemes like BA holidays, because especially for people who might not be using points and might have to book a family of three or four or five, and they don't, even though it's a good deal for cash flow purposes, they don't want to lay out all of that money right now. BA holidays has become very flexible with the scheme. So you still have the low deposits, which is usually just a couple of hundred pounds, depending on the amount of the vacation. And now your final payment isn't due until three weeks, three weeks before your trip. And they are also allowing you to not cancel and get your deposit back, but change to something else if you change your mind or change the date. So it's become a very flexible option as far as I'm concerned. If you want to try to book a holiday and only put a little bit of cash down and then you always have a little bit of flexibility. I don't know if you've done any of that, but I I think it could work for some people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something I advise people anyway with any airline to look at booking a package or, for example, on something like Expedia, quite often it works out cheaper that way. And certainly if we take British Airways as an example, you get extra Avios, which is good for buying a package. It's a low deposit. I booked one actually to go to Napa, which is in June. So looks a little bit iffy, but we'll see. And that one was 100, I think it was it might have been 150 pounds a person. It was really low. Uh, that was a great Paris fare that was around about 1200 pounds to San Francisco. So a good deal. It's great for that. It's a low deposit. You can decide nearer the time whether you're going to pay the balance. If it looks difficult, you might want to cancel and get a voucher back. The only issue with it at the moment is that in the UK, certainly, and I believe America may be looking at something similar, they are looking at whether they will give airlines and holiday companies, particularly holiday companies in the UK, a get out of having to refund your money if they cancel parts of it. They will still have to give you a voucher. And I believe in the UK, they're proposing that it would last for two years. And if you couldn't use it in that time, then you would get your money back. It's obviously to give them some breathing space. So it's just something to be wary of. But if you book a low deposit, if you're willing to lose that deposit or have it back as a voucher, then actually it's a good way to lock in some good fares, potentially get it cheaper. And you're not going to lose a lot of money no matter what happens, as long as you don't pay for the the full thing until you're sure it's going to happen. Right. And especially, I always advise people, do not use these, especially now, do not use these programs as a layaway plan where you pay a little bit you know, say you're booking travel for January and somebody says, hey, I'll pay 200 pounds a month towards it. So it'll be paid off by January, you know, the three weeks before my trip. Don't do that because the beautiful thing about this is that your final payment is due three weeks before. And just like you said, if you purchase airfare, 
and there's a government restriction, but British Airways is still flying, you then wind up with a voucher or have to fight it out. Here, all you're doing dealing with is you've put a small fraction of the trip down as a deposit. And in most instances, you can then use that deposit for another trip in the future, just push it ahead. And it's really a much safer thing to do, but absolutely don't pay more than the, don't pay more than the deposit and wait until the last possible moment to pay for the trip. So yeah, I think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's a little bit odd right now. I think everybody's caught by surprise and the travel brands aren't really sure how to deal with it. I mean, for me, thinking in the perfect world, I wish the brands were a little bit more friendly, but I also understand for commercial purposes, they're they're trying to balance a number of things. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how what things happen over the next couple of weeks and yeah, a couple Yeah, I think of it's actually a shame that, that the companies are behaving the way that they are because most of the airlines that I've seen are now trying to not block you from getting a refund, but trying to make it very, very difficult. And some travel companies are actually saying you can't have one even when you're legally entitled. So I think it's, it's very short-sighted. I get that they're in a fight for survival, but it sounds like they probably will get some government help. But, you know, the, the customers now that are in difficult situations, we're all in a fight for survival everybody's being affected financially and we have long memories you know if if i have trouble getting my money back for example virgin or oh, i'm normally a big virgin fan i have a miles booking with them which I'm not going to be able to go because it's to Tel Aviv, which we can't enter at the moment. And normally you'd be able to cancel that online. And I should be entitled to all my miles back minus and the cash minus a small fee. Can I do that online now? No. Can I contact them in any way? No, because they just say you're not within 72 hours. We're not dealing with you. So legally I'm entitled to it all back, but they won't give it to me. So am I now going to be a Virgin fan in the future? That would be a no. So they've pretty much lost lost my custom from now on after that. Um, and British Airways, to be fair, are doing something similar, but they're a lot more helpful if you speak to them on the phone. I, I certainly managed to get my money back when I phoned up and there is a workaround, which if anyone's having trouble with British Airways getting an Avios booking cancelled, feel free to have a look at my blog post about how to get around that. There is a way to do it. And we can put that in the show notes. I mean, I guess my cynical view of this is that the airlines, you know, we've had such a consolidation of airlines that they sort of know that once business picks up again, we don't have very many choices, especially, you know, with the situation like with slots at Heathrow, right? I mean, it's not really a competitive market if you think about it. So as much as you might not like what an airline is doing, you're probably, you might be stuck flying them for commercial reasons, like you need to get from point A to point B via nonstop, you know, in the future. I think there are some other businesses that we might start to think a little bit about, you know, I've started to think about like with casinos, you know, looking at the major casino corporations and how they're dealing with unprecedented closings in the United States and how those casinos are treating their employees. And that is something I think, I don't want to call anyone out or get specific right now, but obviously I know a lot of these companies are going to get government bailouts. And one of the things that moves me is how a company is treating their employees in the short term. And maybe I'm a little bit simplistic about it, but I don't believe any, you know, multi-million dollar, billion dollar casino company that just had to close because they were required to close in the United States, be it in Las Vegas or in other places, how they can at least commit to paying their employees for four weeks or six weeks. I find that sort of absurd, you know, and it really bothers me. 
And you're seeing big differences in that kind of thing with the way different companies are handling how they're dealing with their staff. And I think the airlines too. So, I mean, those are those are some things that are on my mind. I don't know if you've thought about that a little bit, but that human factor, the people who work for these companies, and we know these companies have some amount in cash reserves. And I'm not saying that they need to commit to paying their employees for the next six months, but at least in the short term, uncertain times, I sort of would hope that they could do the yeah, right I thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Reports. I mean, I, d- I do cover some of that on the blog. And I think British Airways up until recently hasn't covered themselves in glory. Fortunately, now in the UK, the government have committed to paying 80% of anyone's salary if they are no longer required at the moment. But I think with British Airways, they were quite, they've been quite slow to actually communicate with their staff because, you know, being in the industry, I know a lot of people that work for them. And, and some of the, the communications that came out were pretty harsh. I mean, we all get the situation. We get it. It's not nice, but there's, there's ways to say things to reassure people that you know you'll do the best for them yes there's going to be hard decisions but you can support your staff as best you can but it does sound like most of the airlines here virgin actually have been pretty good i think they generally do treat their staff extremely well anyway i've been impressed by what i've seen there so yeah i I definitely do look at it and not just the monetary support but as i said with british airways how are they reassuring their staff what are they doing for them because we talk about we all support the nhs in the uk and any medical staff working but there's lots of people that are right in the firing line of catching the virus, particularly, you know, the the cabin crew. I mean, that's got to be, and uh, pilots to a lesser extent, you know, they've been flying all over the world to some of these places where it's even worse than here. And and that's pretty tough because they don't have a choice. You know, it's that's your job. You have to do it. So I definitely feel for all those guys that have been doing that. It's a tough world to be in the travel industry at the moment. Right. And a lot of that has been required service right now, basically getting people to their home country, right? These flights that are operating, you know, in many cases right now are just bringing people home to their country of residence, you know, which is a very important thing for people. I hope there is more kindness. And I really hope that when some of these companies start to get bailed out and there are programs and packages put together, that a very big part of that takes care of the employees. And I'm talking very broad, but I would hope that the human side of it comes front and center. And I'm probably a little bit naive in thinking that that will actually happen, but I'm going to still keep hoping for that because I think a lot of these people deserve a lot more than what they're getting. And as we both know, especially in the airline industry, it's not its not like the vast majority of this frontline staff is being overcompensated. No, exactly. I mean, with. a lot of them are very low paid anyway, so it's tough for them. They don't have, you know, a lot of cash reserves to support them if they are out of work or not being paid. So let's hope for some good things. I mean, I have to, I think all of us have to stay positive. And I know we're trying to do a a lot of interesting things to keep ourselves busy. And that's all we can do. I also think it's really important that people connect with their friends and speak to people and communicate. And actually, that is one thing that I think is happening a lot now with all of the webinars and virtual conferences that we can have. And I think that's a really positive thing. Sometimes it seems like we're just slowing down a little bit and we have actually more time to talk to people. And maybe that could be a good thing that comes out of this because it is really important to talk to people offline, to really connect with people. 
I'm staying. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think hopefully that will live on. You know, we're all too busy to see friends sometimes or family, but at the moment we've got a lot of time on our hands, and and hopefully everyone's using the technology like we are now to keep in contact, and hopefully we'll keep that going afterwards. Absolutely. So, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time today. Is there anything else you'd like to share, or anything else that's on your mind? I'm currently in position number twenty nine twenty of eleven five forty five on my virtual queue for Okado. <laughs> So it hasn't it hasn't really gone anywhere, but it's just it's truly become a game for me. So so anything any any final words? No, for, I would just say everybody. keep safe, but keep flying when it's safe to do so, and don't give up hope. It will get back to normal at some point. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Michelle, and until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.